right, hello and welcome back to Walking Each Other Home. I am Stephen Webb and this is Tony DeVoyle. Thank you for joining us today. Today is going to be the second part of our um, talk on a life of pride versus a life of humility. Last time that we spoke, it was very sobering. Doom and gloom. It was very doom and gloom. We're trying not to be so doom and gloom with the humility talk, you know, but these are heavy issues Mm -hmm. and they're heavy because, you know, pride, as we talked about last week, is really the root of all of the things that have happened since the beginning of time that have just been in like resulting in death, right? Yeah. That's what I kept thinking when you're reading things. I'm just like, all of that just brings death spiritually physically emotionally just so much death wrapped up in pride and i could see that in my own life oh for sure mine yeah um but thank god that he loves us enough to give us a way out right and that way out first off is he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins who was dead for three days, buried, but rose again, right? In victory over sin and death, mm-hmm. and seats and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, waiting to call all of his children home, yeah. right? And uh, I'm just so grateful to have a creator, God, who loves us so much that he has the answer to everything that we discussed last week, right? Every 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 uh, ounce of pride in me is answered by Christ's example of humility. Yeah, he, he humbled himself to the point of death. Yes. So he literally is yeah. our answer to pride. Right. So let me start off by reading uh, Philippians 2. This is 5 through 9. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hmm. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. So, yeah, what that, what that is saying, you know, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Have this mind amongst yourselves. It's calling us to even have an ounce of the level of humility that Christ (laughs) portrayed Mm -hmm. in his divine nature, being one with the Holy Spirit and God, the triune God, came to earth, humbled himself by coming to earth in the first place, right? Becoming flesh in the most vulnerable form of a baby, right? That's the most vulnerable thing. He could have come down and been like a 30-year-old man, ready to go, but that wasn't the story, right? Humbled himself to become a baby, to become flesh, but then went even further and humbled himself 
unto death, it says, even death on a cross. And if you think about that, God is the supreme being, the most powerful. He is the creator. He is the king of the universe. He is the ruler over death and humbled himself unto death. He never needed or would have to experience that unless he was doing it out of love for us to welcome us into his kingdom and save us from ourselves, right? And it says, and even unto the death of a cross, he even went a step further. It wasn't just that he died for us. It was the most humiliating and excruciating death that you could experience in that time. It was a death saved for the worst kind of uh, criminal or murderer, and it right. was the most torturous kind of death you could have. Yeah, right. And he chose to do that and experience that for us. Mm-hmm. That humbles me, you know, just thinking about it, because if he's willing to do that, and my version of humility is. <laughs> Not raise my voice in the checkout line at Walmart. Yeah, I think I can do that. <laughs> right. I'll take that for 500 Alex. <laughs> right. Avoiding it's like, the cross. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I also want to read, so again, from the Andrew Murray book that I am just, thank you, uh, Thomas, who is our friend and worship pastor, uh, who assigned this book. I'm part of a worship cohort where we get to see with each other you know what i mean uh um and just dive into into like authentic worship uh in that cohort he assigned us this book humility by andrew murray and it's it's really a collection of meditations by andrew murray i would i would say Mm. and you can get it as a free pdf online because it's like super old yeah it's super old but some people you know produce it and publish it i just want to read the back of the book because it's an excerpt from the book about humility, and I just think it's beautiful, so I just want to read it. Humility is perfect quietness of heart. It is to expect nothing, to wonder at nothing that is done to me, to feel nothing done against me. Mm. It is to be at rest when nobody praises me, Mm. and when I am blamed or despised. It is to have a blessed home in the Lord, where I can go in and shut the door. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> and kneel to my father in secret and am at peace as in a deep sea of calmness when all around and above is trouble. That's so good. What do you think of when I read that? I need to go and shut the door more. Hey, there is that. Because the more we are, the more we are seeking Jesus's face, the more that we are in our quiet place, mm-hmm. our secret room. And you can tell the people who enter into a secret place with Jesus, right? You can tell the people who keep that as a daily practice, right? Because it's on them. Yeah, they Jesus re- is on them. They respond differently to trouble. Right. Yeah. They approach life's situations with a different response and demeanor, spirit about them, things like that, right? And and I, you know, I was getting emotional because 
I know what this feels like and I want more of it. Yes. Right? I want more of this mm-hmm. blessed home in the Lord where I can go in and shut the door and kneel to my father in secret. Like, and that brings me to humility is the act of humbling yourself. It's, it's really an action, mm-hmm. right? It is a work in progress for us Christians to humble ourselves as Jesus humbled himself. That's what we're called to do, right? Mm-hmm. The great thing about it is, is even though it is work, it's God's work, not ours, Amen. in us, God. <laughs> but we must allow him and choose humility as an everyday way of life, as an everyday response to life's calamities and mm-hmm. consternations. What other C word can I come up with? And confusion, <laughs> right? And I just think that's beautiful that even though it is a verb, even though it does call us to act in a certain way and do do it, humble ourselves, it's really God working through us as we like get closer to Jesus and understand how he lived his life. And we want to actively ascribe to that way of living and way of thinking and being, right? I just think that's a beautiful thing. Um, and that calls us to die to self, which is the opposite of the life of pride, which is all about self, right? Self-exaltation. I think one of the definitions or something you said about pride was like just reveling in how excellent I am, right? How excellent I do something. And that's something that I constantly struggled with in life in terms of my singing ability. Yeah. That's how they are. Um, I I can remember growing up and being like, thinking to myself, oh, I can sing so much better than everyone in this room. (laughs) Ooh, like competitions. Yeah. Right? And, but also thinking to myself, man, I don't know how to be humble in this scenario. And over the years, and especially because of the worship cohort and the things I'm learning about Christ and humility, it's become more of a, confidence in my ability mm-hmm. while surrendering it to what God wants me to do with it and not looking for applause. The applause in the room should be pointed to heaven Yes, because of the gifts and abilities that he has given me to show people Christ through me. I love that. And when, when your talent or your gifting is is rooted in humility. You know, I, I think of, as I'm listening to you, I think of rest. Yeah. You know, you're not on the hook to perform. You're mm. on the hook to glorify him. And when I, I kept thinking of Psalm 23, when it says that he makes me lie down in green pastures, you know, or like the, the popular phrase now, have a seat, you know, right. he, he, <laughs> he, he makes me, uh, he teaches me how to right. rest in him and to entrust my gifts, my talents to him to be used in whatever way, you know, he sees fit. And, you know, oftentimes we read about in scripture where even Jesus would leave the multitude to go off and shut the door, so to speak, yeah. somewhere to be alone with his father and to commune with him. So when, 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 
when everything I'm doing is coming through that filter of communion with the Father, it changes everything. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Um, another thing that Andrew Murray says about this, because this is like all kind of pointing to death to self, right? He says, how can I die to self? The death to self is not your work. It is God's Thank work. Thank God for that. In Christ, you are dead to sin. The life there is in you has gone through the process of death and resurrection. You may be sure you are indeed dead to sin. You know, I had to read that about five times just because the way he structures sentences and it's a little bit older English. Yeah. But in Christ, you are dead to sin. The life there is in you has gone through the process of death and resurrection. If you have invited Jesus into your heart, if you believe that he died on the cross and rose from the dead in order to redeem your sins and bring you in right standing with God the Father, then Christ is in you, and the work that he accomplished is in you. So the life in you has already gone through this process, right? So you may be sure that you are actually indeed dead to sin, Right, and that's very humbling because I didn't have to do anything. Right, we couldn't do it. <laughs> we couldn't do it, but yet we still choose in our flesh and our selfish desires, in our own pride, yeah. to go against this. Right. I want to read this part too. If you would enter into full fellowship with Christ in His death, and know the full deliverance from self, humble yourself. This is your one duty. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> Humility is the key to everything. Thank you for joining us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. That's a wrap. <laughs> Have a nice night. Right. <laughs> uh, it is in the death to self that humility is perfected. Be sure that at the root of all real experience of more grace, of all true advance in consecration, of all actually increasing conformity to the likeness of Jesus, there must be a deadness to self that proves itself to God and men in our disposition and habits. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's that's not only calling us to be humble, act in humility, die to our selfish nature, but the habit of that and the evidence that we are doing that, it says it will prove itself to God and men in our dispositions and habits. Mm-hmm. How we enter a room. They discern it. How we talk to people. Mm-hmm. How we answer people, right? Mm-hmm. How we handle conflict. There's all kinds of things that in our daily lives, it will point to, are we dying to self and humbling ourselves, or are we still full of pride? Mm-hmm. Humility is attractive and irresistible to God. Oof. Explain. I want some more of that. I I believe that a humble heart is what bends the ear of God. Mm. Yeah. And I believe that humi- a humble heart is what makes Christianity attractive, especially to the unbeliever. Yes. And that, that goes back to, you know, how we ended the last episode and the church's answer to the LGBT movement, you know, I don't always want to harp on that, but it's just a glaring thing in our society, right? Right. And, and it's part of my story. Of that. Right. And it's part of my story. 
Um, so that just, it, it's glaring how there wasn't a lot of humility and you can tell, and you can tell how society and people have responded to it. Right. And woe to us to continue down that path at all as a church, mm-hmm. as a body of believers. Right. But it's in humility yeah. that I would gain an understanding. Right. Right. And so when, when, when we haven't taken a step back to understand first, yeah, uh, that's when it can get us in trouble. And you can apply that principle to anything, really. Right. And that kind of leads me to, you know, talking about the church and their response to that sort of thing. I, I want to talk about Paul. I want to discuss Paul and how he viewed humility and what humbled him. <laughs> right? Um one of the things, uh, the verses right here at the beginning of this chapter, and so I wanted to read out of Second Corinthians 12, Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my weakness, that the strength of Christ may rest upon me. Wherefore, I take pleasure in weakness, for when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the, this is the same chapter he talks about the thorn in his flesh. Is that correct? I think so. Okay. So... <laughs> In order for Paul to not exalt himself for even having that revelation. That's a huge revelation. Game changer. Yeah, he could be like, mic drop, like you said, right? Look how smart and spiritual I am and religious and all the things. You know, like I'm giving, the. he didn't know it at the time, but I'm giving nuggets to like thousands and thousands and thousands of people for years to come, so... (laughs) Look at me, right? Mm -hmm. No. So he's not exalting himself by saying this. This is coming from Paul talking about how he had a thorn in his flesh. I really wish I would know what that thorn is. Most men I know do, right? Mm -hmm. Paul is a man. We can kind of, the general sense I've gotten over the years is that a lot of men believe it might have been something sexual. Mm -hmm. May not have been. It could have been pride. It could have been, mm. it could have been a number of things. Yeah, I've we heard of physical abnormality, uh, maybe sight, even. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of things it could have been, right? And he prayed for God to take it away mm-hmm. three times. Three times he prayed for God to release him from this thing that he felt was keeping him from living a righteous life, Mm -hmm. right? But God's answer was not to remove it. God's answer was to have Paul humble himself under whatever that humiliating circumstance was Mm -hmm. or thing so that God's strength could be perfected in Paul's weakness and all glory to God be in in the end, Mm -hmm. right? And that's just a beautiful thing to me. Um, especially being that Paul was a Christian killer before. Right. I mean, there's that, (laughs) right? And so I want to read, like, even uh, Andrew Murray kind of points this out. So every Christian virtually passes through the two stages in their pursuit of humility. In the first, he fears and flees Mm -hmm. and seeks deliverance from all that can humble him. He has not yet learnt to seek humility at any cost. He has accepted the command to be humble and seeks to obey it, though only to find 
he utterly fails. Mm. He prays for humility at times very earnestly, but in his secret heart he prays more, if not in word, than in wish to be kept from the very things that will make him humble. Oh, yeah. He is not yet so in love with humility as the beauty of the Lamb of God and the joy of heaven that he would sell all to procure humility. In his pursuit of it and his prayer for it, there is still somewhat of a sense of burden and of bondage. To humble himself has not yet become the spontaneous expression of a life and a nature that is essentially humble. It has not yet become his joy and only pleasure. He cannot yet say, most gladly do I glory in weakness. I take pleasure in whatever humbles me. Mm. I'm <laughs> so, not there yet. I'm not, I'm not 100% there yet, right? <laughs> right? Mm. And really, it goes back to that that thing on the back page here, that humility is to have a blessed home in the Lord where I can go in and shut the door and kneel to my Father in secret because really the answer to this is the presence of God because nothing can expel self like the presence of God. Yes. Amen. And accessing the humility of Jesus to for us to want to like assimilate and like replicate that in our own lives, mm-hmm. not only because it makes our lives better, but it's also in obedience. And it makes the lives of others around us better as we give of ourselves and sacrifice and servanthood. Yes. You know, no greater love exists than a man laid on his life for a friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all our ultimate highest love is rooted in a humble heart. Right. That's so good. And Jesus was the ultimate humble heart. And here it says, Paul was in danger without knowing it of his pride, right? Mm -hmm. He was in danger. What Jesus did for him is written for our admonition that we may know our danger and know our only safety. (laughs) The humility of Jesus is our salvation. Jesus himself is our humility. Our humility is his care and his work. His grace is sufficient for us to meet the temptation of pride, too. His strength will be perfected in our weakness. And ultimately, we shall find that the deepest humility is the secret of the truest happiness, (laughs) of a joy that cannot be destroyed. Yeah. I'm reading a lot from this book because it's just so (laughs) rich. It's so good, and I've gotten so much out of it. And I'm going to continue reading it <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now. So, cause I wanted to, I wanted to discuss Paul, right. Um, and pride. Okay. The juxtaposition that the, that scriptures offer us and the juxtaposition of Jesus versus Satan, pride versus humility, right. Mm-hmm. Is that humility in God's eyes, he who humbles himself will be exalted right? And in the world's eyes, and in God's eyes, he who has that pride and exalts self eventually is going to fall and be humbled. Right. And so I don't want to live a life of pride. I've, I've suffered enough. I've had a lot of suffering in my life. It's true. And I can choose 
to live humbly in order to avoid more suffering that I could bring upon myself, mm-hmm. right? Um, this this is in chapter 12 of, of this book and also in, in Luke. So I'm going to start with the scripture in Luke chapter 14. It says, he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. In James chapter 4, God giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall exalt you. In 1 Peter 5, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Mm. And in our society, we don't like to wait for things. That's something that just came to mind. Like, we don't want to wait for the glory, the exaltation, the recognition, someone noticing, right? We've been captured by this life of constant movement Mm -hmm. and entertainment. And we can't even be bothered with commercials, right? Anymore, we can skip through them and (laughs) Lord knows I will. Mm -hmm. I want to get to the entertainment. There's so many things about our society. Social media has caused us to be able to just scroll, Mm -hmm. scroll, scroll, and get every bit of information that we can in a 15-minute period that we may be bored, right? And so that just him, him saying, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I think what stood out to me when you said, when you read that he may exalt you, that exalting, when it's in the context of a humble heart, is beyond anything you could ever think of, ask, or, or, ask or think. Right. That's really where, you know, it's it's in the humility that God ends up doing it bigger than you could ever imagine. Right. Or bigger than you could have ever done in your own strength or in your own pride. And so, again, we keep saying humility being the key to everything. Humility is the key to the real glory of God. Right. That's correct. Yep. And he's, he talks about pride here. How am I to conquer this pride? And the answer... Is simple. Two things are needed. Do what God says is your work. Humble yourself. Trust him to do what he says is his work. And he will exalt you. The command is clear. Humble yourself. That does not mean that it is your work to conquer and cast out the pride of your nature and to form within yourself the lowliness of the holy Jesus. That is God's work. Mm. The very essence of that exaltation wherein he lifts you up into the real likeness of the beloved son. Mm, right? I love that. Woo! <laughs> it's so good. Yes. But I want to I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, that thorn in the flesh piece again and how it relates to my personal story. When I was I would say 11 maybe. I was really starting to get a sense of this thing about being attracted to someone of the same sex is not going to go away anytime soon. I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. All I know is that my Southern Baptist school says I'm going to hell, that I should be put on an island with other gays to infest ourselves with AIDS and I'll die off. Yes, gym teacher prayer. Uh, So I just heard a lot of really terrible things growing up, right? And so I prayed consistently that God take it away. Yep, me too. Please take this away. I don't ever want to tell anybody about this. It is the most shameful thing I could ever feel or or or, or do. And 
I prayed and 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 prayed. How much time do you have? And prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And so I just want to say, stop telling people to pray away the gay. Right. Right. That's one thing I wanted to say. Stop telling people to pray away the gay. That's not a thing. 99% of all of the people in the statistics show who have gone through this journey experience zero change in their sexual attraction. Zero. Okay? And I want to point to the thorn in the flesh that Paul was talking about, and he prayed three times, and God didn't take it away. Mm -hmm. And instead of that, God used it as something to show his glory through, Mm -hmm. as Paul humbles himself, right? And surrenders that piece of himself to God as many times as he needed to surrender it, right? And that speaks really strongly to me these days as I've relaxed and rested more in the fact that it's not going away. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because God can perfect his strength through my weakness on the daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded of recently, Andy Stanley is in the midst of controversy, you know, once again, because of his latest sermon, it wasn't really a sermon, it was a talk that he gave that he kind of made everyone sit through. That's the sense I got, that there was a lot of pride on that platform while he spoke, as in, what I'm about to tell you is the way it is. And if you don't agree with that, oh well. N- it's not just oh well. It mm-hmm. it had a it had a feeling of you're dumb. Yeah. Right? You're not progressive. You're the ignorant one. And he didn't come out and say it. It's in the things that he didn't say. He said the loud part quietly in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's the things that he didn't say. But one of the things he pointed out was he talked about these people who are in this ministry that are involved at his church who are men and married to each other, who help with the ministry, teach, help lead, help guide young ones and parents mm-hmm. into understanding a life of being gay. And through that, he said that he sat with a bunch of gay men and women over the years And there was a common theme that people prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for God to take this away. And God didn't. Therefore, we should not hold them to the same standard is is what I heard. Mm -hmm. That those people should be given a pass because why would we doom them to a life of celibacy and singleness? (laughs) Like, that's some horrible thing. Right. But the thing that I think he's missing, and I'm tying this back around, is he he pointed out the, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and God didn't take it away. He never said anything about, well, that's because God wanted to glory in your weakness. He wanted to show himself strong through your weakness, mm-hmm. right? Instead, he's saying, we should let them do what they feel is necessary to live Right. A happy and fulfilled life, mm-hmm. basically, 
in Christ, <laughs> right? He kind of missed that p- p- that point, that piece, and I just kind of felt like I wanted to point that out. I don't know if you feel the same way, um, but yeah, yeah, completely overlooking um, the importance of a life of holiness, no matter what your proclivity may be to, or what your attractions may be to. Um, I mean, and in the same manner, you know, a straight man is, doesn't stop being attracted to other women because he marries a woman. Right. Um, and you know, would we make allowance for his nature, you know, uh, in, in a, in a similar way or, you know, um, it's we we have to be careful when we um start speaking to um changes and attraction and changes to preference and we lose focus of a lifestyle of holiness mm. and how can you if god never takes that thing away how can you still become whole and how can he make you more whole even through that weakness. Right. I think it's more, it's God gave Paul the strength to endure. He didn't just take it away. And some of the very things that, like you said, we keep asking God to take away are the very things he wants us to endure through and, and become strengthened in. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So all that to say, we are called to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, under his love, under his care. And I honestly, at this point in my life, couldn't imagine anything more beautiful. No. Um, but it is his work as long as we are willing mm-hmm. and surrender ourselves to that work and choose and allow him to do that work through us consistently and it gets easier. It does. It gets easier. It gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just my my prayer and hope for everybody that through us talking about a life of pride versus a life of humility, that God has spoken to you about maybe areas of your life that you're holding on to, that are born out of this self-exaltation, this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, self-pleasing um, spirit rather than pleasing God, pleasing Christ, humbling yourself, right? And just that he reveals those things to you um, in order just to have a deeper relationship with you, right? So true. So with that, I think, do you have anything else to say about humility? Well, I, as I'm listening to you, I, I feel like... Um, it's safe to release whatever it is that we've been holding on to, to grab all a hold to him. Absolutely. More. Yeah. And, um, sometimes we can be fearful of, of letting go of the things that have brought us comfort or, uh, that we have maybe had a self-esteem in mm-hmm. that maybe that we're good at. Right. That can kind of become, little idols in our lives or even big idols. Yeah. And I just want to say that it is, it is safe to yield those things 
to him and to and to go to him consistently for rest and um and trust him that's great he's worthy of our trust yes absolutely and you can trust him he's so good amen amen um i'm just going to pray us out um lord jesus thank you for humbling yourself even unto death Mm-hmm. and that you humbled yourself to die on the cross, the most humiliating death and most painful, excruciating death of the time that anyone could go through in order to be exalted by God so all of us could look to you for our salvation, for our peace, for our joy, for your glory is ahead of us, above us and around us. And thank you that you did this as an invitation Mm -hmm. to allow us to be with you forever in eternity. And when we accept that invitation, your blood runs through our veins. Your kingdom resides in us and we are in your kingdom. And every step we take, the kingdom is there with us. We love you. We thank you you for your example. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, if you enjoyed this, please uh, reach out to us. If you have any questions, uh, any suggestions for future topics, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the things everywhere you can subscribe. Subscribe basically anywhere. We also have a website if you need other ways to listen to us, uh, walkingeachotherhomepodcast.com. Um, and we will see you again very soon. And uh, we don't know what we're talking about yet, but it'll be a surprise. <laughs> yep. Thank you for joining Thank you. Us. Love you guys. Time.